your life right. would, which would direction go in I that wanted to go in exact moment right. and I feel like there's a lot a lot of power in the present moment that a lot of people aren't tapped into that you have a million choices and it's always you can always choose peace right. if you want to you no are matter not, you of, are not a slave to one particular outcome yes no right. matter of what anybody else is doing you control your reactions that's what was the most powerful thing and honestly i think just to kind of piggyback off that statement i think that comes from having the consciousness to know that we are all limitless mm. right like we don't have to adopt a specific uh mentality or a specific practice that forces us to live and think a certain way whatever we want to be we can be and if you have that mindset, you'll be able to, I mean, you might lose out on a few friends because people will kind of perceive you as cocky or arrogant, but it, fuck them. Welcome to Mind Over Matter, baby. I'm your host, Deja Wallace. And if this is your first time joining me, welcome. If this is not. Shout out to you. Right. You real. At least you locked you in loyal. now. I appreciate you. You my dog. For <laughs> real. So, I have a big guest in the building, okay? She. I first ran across this young gentleman on Instagram doing some crazy spin move through the air, backflip, <laughs> some NBA type dunking. <laughs> like, no cap. But I have no other than Cole. Oh, man. Let the people know Look. where to get connected with you. Tell the people about Firstly, yourself. Okay. If it's prom time, then it's my time. Okay. okay. <laughs> Straight up and down. Get right or get left. Okay. Holiday season to the death. You listening to Mind Over Matter with two of the best. Oh. You dig me? <laughs> oh. I wish I had the nah. flesh bomb. Nah, it's Cold Holiday. Y'all can find me on uh, at Cold Holiday, cold.holiday on Instagram. Okay. So that's right. me right so there. So tap in, tap in with him. Tap in, y'all. Yeah, but I did not expect that. You caught me off listen, guard. Listen, we got to get Bars. straight to it. We come in with the heat at the beginning of the episode. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Or Yeah, so make sure you follow him, get connected, and kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode. For sure. On today's episode, we'll be talking about emotional intelligence. We'll be talking about mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And just overall how to be conscious and take to control how to control your emotions, mm -hmm. essentially. So that's what we're going to get into today. So I want to start off with um, your training because I do know you're a trainer, you're a personal trainer, and you are very like mindful when you're training. And that's what really like I liked about you when I was... Um, looking at your page like right. you're you're not over here lifting 300 pounds grunting doing the most you know 
And I go to the gym sometimes. And when I go into the gym, I see those guys like, you know. Just trying to hulk out real meathead. Yes, or... exactly. And I've been going to the gym since I was younger. So right. it's kind of. athlete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we've been working out our whole life damn near. Exactly. Right. But I'm still learning things every, up to last week, I figured out I was doing my calf press wrong. I was doing it wrong the whole time. You know, and I was trying to just do the most and get my weight up right, there right. instead of focusing on technique. Right. So how important is it when you're training to focus on technique more than powering your way through the workout? So one of the things or my style of training rather is um, centered around mindfulness. So I do help people improve their general fitness um, centered around mindful practices. And uh, for example, we could take a plank, right? If you're in the position of a plank, most people, their intention with that exercise would be to hold it for as long as possible. But just like you were saying, like, you know, you be in the weight room and you just focus in on weight. Let me just do this exercise for as much weight as I can, for as many reps as I can. But when you take a step back, it's really just about dropping your ego. And you are more conscious of the little intricacies of physical health. You'll be able to tap into different parts of your body that you weren't able to feel before. So if we're in a plank, instead of holding it for seconds, let's be mindful of different things like our alignment. Let's be mindful of our breathing pattern. Let's be mindful of the different muscle groups that we're engaging to perform the exercise. And you'll realize that you'll be able to get a lot more out of a simple plank than, you know, thinking about it that way, um, incorporating consciousness in your physical activity than just, let me just hold this for seconds. Let me bench 200. Let me squat 300. You know what I'm saying? So... It's really just about thinking about, honestly, day-to-day tasks that you do all the time and you don't have no consciousness in your tasks. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I feel like in a way, when you're training, it kind of ties into how you are mentally, in a way. Yeah. Because a lot of the times I realized that when I was working, like, doing the most at the gym and putting on a lot of weights on my back while I was doing squats and straining my body and I hurt my back. I was just about to say you probably had a back injury at some Mm -hmm. point, right? I Mm -hmm. did have a back injury. injury. That's what forced me to just take the weights off and practice on how my back, how straight my back Mm -hmm. is without the weights. And that helped me with my form, which Mm -hmm. ultimately helped me work out parts of my body I wasn't working out before. Like you feel like your muscles are being engaged in a different way. Not trying to like hulk out and exactly. focus on weight. Exactly. I mean, I used to be the same way. You know, when I first started lifting weights or just training for my sport, it was more so just like, let me just throw all the plates on this squat bar real quick. You know what I'm saying? But I had injuries just like that. Like mm-hmm. my back was, can I curse on you? Yeah, go ahead. My back was fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I had a bunch of bunch of different issues where I, you know, my mobility started to deteriorate, uh, deteriorate over time. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until I honestly took a break from weight training and just started to set the intention of improving and mastering my body that I honestly feel way stronger now than I ever did trying to hulk out in the weight room, trying to deadlift 400 pounds, Mm -hmm. trying to squat 400 pounds. Like now I honestly rarely lift weights, but live me you know have me tell the story i'm way stronger now than i was when i was doing all that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and it definitely helps you in the long run because you don't max out and you don't feel like the that fatigue. gym is like a strenuous thing you actually enjoy going to the gym right. when you actually do it with a mindful 
you have the your intention you set intentions exactly. for your exercise because when i was doing all of that i was like the gym was my escape so i was like grunting to get out like you know right. my physical whatever that I was, was your outlet of expression exactly right. so yeah um so is there a, a, do you feel like there's a correlation between your diet working out and your mental state because as i said before i feel like there's a big connection between all of it when it comes to improving your physical health, what you put in your body honestly is is it's a lot more impactful than the exercise itself. You have to treat the insides of your body well in order to perform at a optimal level. So yeah, diet is definitely mm-hmm. something that a lot of people overlook, you know what I'm saying? Like people are what what do they call it when you just be going out drinking on a week every single weekend? What like I don't know, partying? What? Yeah, I'm bugging. Yeah, I'm bugging. Out. I think I'm thinking about something. But yeah, like people will go out every Friday, Saturday night. Get lit. Thirsty Thursdays, mm-hmm. drinking every single week. Go to McDonald's, get them a McChicken with a small fries. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym after though. I'm going to burn it off later. Yeah. It's like you're not, you're doing yourself, you know, disservice, yeah. you know, treating your body like that. You want the most out of your physical body. You have to exactly. be able to put the right things inside of it. And you know what I can't stand <laughs> in our culture? It's looked at as like... Like, if I'm at a table full full of my friends, they'll all order whatever the hell they're ordering. And if I was to order something like a vegan or something like a salad or something or a water, even if I order like a water instead of a drink, they'd be like... This she trying to be healthy and shit. Like why she why she acting bougie now? Like where? Like if you don't take this drink, if you don't take this shot. But see, oh, what is you doing? People like that are dangerous though, Mm -hmm. right? Because they want you to function at such a low frequency, like how they're functioning. Right. You know, they they have such fatal traits and bad habits that they want you to be just like them, so they don't feel as bad as doing the nasty things that they're doing, because you're doing the same thing, so it's okay. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like. They want to drag you into their... They drag just, you into their disgustingness. Yeah, their honestly. misery. <laughs> yeah. But um, everything's good in moderation, of course. Like, yeah, all Ex- of this... Except for drinking. Oh, so we got two different... But Why yeah. do you say that? Well, you know, alcohol... Drinking is bad no matter what, but... Li- liquor is poison. Liquor is poison. He's right. Right. He's right. Now, if I wasn't on a podcast and we just having a regular conversation in a social setting, I wouldn't even talk about alcohol because I know people start getting defensive. Like, oh, well, I drink and I'm fine. I'm like, okay. I actually hate drinking. Well, why do you hate drinking? Because, first of all, it doesn't taste good. The taste. And if the taste is not indicative of that liquor is bad for your body, then I don't know what is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And anytime I drink, I I throw up. (laughs) Any single time. If something was truly meant to be in your body, your body would not force it to come back out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if we drink, if you drink a gallon of water, what would happen to your body? Just a gallon of water. My stomach will hurt. Your stomach will hurt from drinking water? A gallon one time? If I, if Let's I, say throughout the oh, course throughout of a day. day yeah. I'll not have to pee it. a lot. I'll have to pee a lot. Right. But it's flushing your system, so. And if you drink a gallon of liquor, what do you think would happen? Die. That's death right there. You would die, right? Yeah. Alcohol poisoning. Right. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. little things. You got to think about stuff like this. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That'll literally just change how you think about the things that you do. Yeah, it's true. 
But I'm in denial of it because I'm still like... It's all right. Because the summer is coming up. I I don't even drink like that, though, honestly. It's all right. I I probably drank like twice this year, even if that... And I wasn't even drunk. It was wine, so... I think wine is okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I think wine wine. is okay. Because isn't it just like old-ass grapes? Exactly. And Jesus had wine, so... Oh, (laughs) shit. Yeah. So... You know what I also hate too? How like I like being outside and like riding my bike and going on hikes and just doing random stuff in nature, you know? And you don't got no friends to fuck with it with you? Yes. They look at it like, yo, this girl they they kind of associate that with white behavior. Like, how is that? Oh, that would Like I'll go kayaking. Me and my brother used to go kayaking and fishing and He's the only person that would be down with it. The fact that you got friends that will call activities in nature white, yes, yeah, is is pretty concerning. Or they'll be like, you know, Deja's white. No, nah, that like, that's pretty like, concerning. Yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> as beings of nature, we operate our best in nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But even when I go out in nature, and I'm riding my bike, I barely see that many people that look like right this. black so, people. Yeah. So it is a like a off mindset that I've noticed, and that's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Cause I don't think I don't think I have friends that would say something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah. Let's just say, look, I'm, if you I'm, if you have to be in those environments by yourself, I would do it. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I still do it regardless of yeah. what people say. But that's why I have to like you know update my roster. And you know what? During the summer, I'm gonna do them. I'm gonna do that shit with you. Okay. Yeah, it's a, you heard it first here on Mind Over Matter. Listen, when you in New York City, you don't understand how bad bricks and concrete can be for your mental wellness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it comes a point where if you if you have the means to be able to escape this place, even if it's for a temporary period of time, do it. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, bricks and concrete, three sixty five, you're gonna be fucked up in your head, and you might not even know it. if your consciousness is not advanced to the point where you are super in tune with everything that's going on in your brain and your body you don't understand that new york city can be very toxic yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and that's reflected in the people too a lot of the people have that mindset like i went to london not too long ago i'm fucking jealous bro yeah it was lit it was my first time too I feel like London's been calling me for like the past year vibe it's just like new york city but But your ass paid 2k to get there though nah how much you pay to get on, to get it on that? It was six hundred for a ticket, one way. So it was like, and then the tally. I didn't pay. I didn't pay to come back because like I went through an adoption agency because I went to get my brother. Oh, okay, got, okay. My mom adopted a little brother. Yeah, shout out to you, Josh. So, ba- so basically, that means that means she scammed her way to come back home. That's what that means. <laughs> basically, I went out there. It's just like New York, exactly like New York, but the people there are nice. Really? Yeah. The people there are so friendly. In London? Yes. The people there are like so open to talk, speaking to you. Like, I had somebody offer me a Yo bag of chips. They want to talk to you for real? Nah, it's definitely parts where it's like, all right. Right, like you could sense that. I could feel a little animosity yeah, in the not, air. But I don't care because I'm a guest. Like, right. I'm just passing through. I'm going to have fun regardless right. of your, you know, discrimination. But they're very friendly people, honestly. I definitely need to make that trip yeah. for sure. I was saying something about it, I'm trying to compare it. Oh yeah, 
When I, like, around rush hour time, you should see the amount of bicycles that are on the street. Like, it's polluted with bicycles. For real? Yeah, like, like kids, almost Like, mothers. almost intolerable type shit? Like, you can't even walk? No, because place? the streets are so small. Not everybody has a, have a car. The same mindset like New York. But the streets here are wider, so everybody do have, do have a car. But it's it would be, like overpopulated if everybody there drives so instead they're mm, more so people be cycling yeah mm. and i was just like wow like that's fun like that inspired me when i came home i started cycling to school for real yeah like um, and it's and you faster. just went recently right you just went yeah. recently mm-hmm. i started cycling to school and it's faster for me see i'm not that well traveled so that's something that i gotta be able to you know, mm-hmm. make a stronger point of emphasis in the future to just kind of hop on a plane more mm-hmm. and go to places I've never been. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like there's so much knowledge to be acquired yes. through travel. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And learning out about another place's yes. history. Yes. For sure. Yes. And you can connect with people more mm-hmm. that are not from, you know, your locality. Yeah. And I talk about that in my We Should Travel More episode. So go tune into that. Sure, I'm going to have to tune into that, too. All right. So we got into all of that. I also want to get into your most recent blog. About the, to change the pace to this. The story that yeah. I just published on my website. Yes. Um, Theholidaymethod.com. Uh, the story she's talking about, you can go to articles. And it's called If Only I Had It. Yeah. And is it? it's a story about... Or it is it is a story when me and my friend were almost shot dead by police when I was 16. It's a story that involves racism, near death, potential police brutality, and um, consciousness. Mm-hmm. And my my reasoning for publishing that story was to highlight how paramount emotional intelligence is. Yeah. And what I took away from that story was like you basically were using your emotions like as a superpower almost and right. just trusting trusting the universe to unfold how it's supposed to. Right. And just having that kind of clarity that you were here for a bigger purpose. Mhm. And reading that story, like, I got goosebumps because it was like you were faced with a life or death situation, literally. So the importance of emotional intelligence is 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 more prevalent than I think most of us even consciously understand, because the difference at times between life and death could very much well be the difference between having and not having emotional intelligence, you know, having that ability to keep a cooler head in situations that call for stability, you'll be able to avoid much potential turmoil because of it. Right. Yeah. Right. What part of the story did you feel like resonated most with you or do you feel like hit the hardest? It was the part where you started speaking to yourself and you kind of slowed down the moment. Right, right. It was almost as if, all right, so it was the part where the cop had the gun at you guys mm. and was and you can see where it was going to go. Right. But you didn't act out of fear. Right. Most people in that situation, they're going off their instincts. Right. They're they see doing, a gun yeah, pointed towards yeah, them. So now you're shocked. just so you're just going off of your emotions. So I found it very powerful that you were able to tap into the present moment and ask yourself certain questions. 
to escape your fate, basically. Right. Which was, you have more than one fate, I feel like. You dictated where your life right. would, which would direction go in I wanted to go in exact moment right. and I feel like there's a lot a lot of power in the present moment that a lot of people aren't tapped into that you have a million choices and it's always you can always choose peace right. if you want to you no are matter not you of, are not a slave to one particular outcome yes no right. matter of what anybody else is doing you control your reactions that's what was the most powerful thing and honestly I think just to kind of piggyback off that statement, I think that comes from having the consciousness to know that we are all limitless, mm. right? Like we don't have to adopt a specific uh, mentality or a specific practice that forces us to live and think a certain way. Whatever we want to be, we can be. And if you have that mindset, you'll be able to, I mean... You might lose out on a few friends because people will kind of perceive you as cocky or arrogant, but it fuck them. Like, who cares? Right? Like, I don't care what you think because I have such a high estimation on my ability to accomplish goals that I'm not the one with the problem. You're the one with the problem. I can do whatever I want. You know what I'm saying? And I can almost, I feel so strongly in that in our ability to do that that we can literally change outcomes before the situation even comes to unfold. You know what I'm saying? Based on how we're acting and how we're speaking and thinking in that moment, we can continue to plant seeds towards the future and do whatever we want to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you have to be able to free your mind mm -hmm. um, to understand this. You know what I'm saying? If we're not free, if our intuition is clouded, if our mind is still plagued with um pain and trauma and we can't think clearly and messages can't get through you're not going to understand this the things that i'm saying you're not going to understand what i'm saying mm -hmm. so it really is about just freeing your mind and being limitless mm -hmm. and high and have high uh, es uh estimation on your ability to go far in life you could do whatever you want to do exactly. you can even avoid death but you have to have consciousness you have to understand yourself in order to understand the externality around you right mm-hmm mm -hmm. And I also had a similar. It, it was nothing <laughs> compared to what you're, what you went. Listen, through. I know your black has an experienced racism before. Yeah, of so course. Word. Of course. And <laughs> I, I told this story already, but I don't want to talk, talk about that. I'm gonna talk about a different story where I wasn't. I didn't have emotional intelligence, and I wasn't conscious. So I basically, um, I had walked onto try out for UConn basketball women team. Say word. Yeah. Oh, so you, she she that nice with it though? I really tried, like I really tried out for that team. But that morning, I had got some crazy news. What was the news? That my brother basically got hit by a car. Oh. Uh. And it was a viral video, and people were resharing it. My friends were resharing it, and it went crazy on the internet. And that shit and just people took were you laughing at it. People were putting voiceovers over it. Yeah, it's a brutal world out there. So. I had that on my mind the entire day and I prepared myself for it, but I could not get out of that state of mind of replaying that video over and over in my head. Right. So it basically threw me off. Right. Like I flopped. I choked. I right. couldn't perform you were just how I wanted shaken. to. Right. Yeah, I couldn't perform how I wanted to because of that was going on through my head. And, you know, the coaches don't know what I'm going through. Like they just perceive it as, all right, she's trash. Right, like next, right, right, you know, right. but if I had 
taking myself out that moment and say, Deja, you've waited for this moment for two years now. Right. This is your moment. You got it. You got it. But I didn't have that clarity. You know, I let I let it overpower me. So, what do you think? Like, how do you feel like most people who struggle with controlling their emotions? What advice would you give to them? Improving emotional intelligence would be to improve your self awareness. Um, if there's one thing that we should know absolutely everything about in this world, it should be us, right? So everybody's going to be ignorant to something. Even a genius is ignorant to one thing. But like I said, we should know everything that goes on with us, you know, in our head. We should be in tune and locked in and have full understanding of that. When you know or understand, you have intelligence. When you have intelligence, you have the ability to influence or control and if we're talking about in situations that call for us to control our emotions, yeah, it would be of benefit to all of us. It would be of great value to all of us to know everything there is to know about us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I said, if you don't have no consciousness, then it's going to be a little hard. But like I said, emotional intelligence is indicative of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So that would be the first step. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I feel like I so I agree. You have to know yourself. You have to learn more about yourself for you right. to even get to that place of just right. becoming emotionally intelligent, you know? But it's really it's 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 a matter of taking the initiative. Like you have to take the initiative. You know what I'm saying? Like again, being limitless, you have to take your mind out of a certain space and be comfortable with dealing with tough tasks. You know what I'm saying? Because self-awareness can be kind of scary sometimes because you might be tapping into some things that you suppressed. You know what I'm saying? Like right. pain and trauma from right. your childhood. Mm, it could be an ugly road. You know what I'm saying? But you have to you have to have that mental fortitude in order to go down that road. I tell people all the time, I tell people all the time, you have to be willing to drown in pain. Right? You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and you won't die from it. You honestly won't die from it because the discomfort you feel is just your mind and your body adapting to stress. If you understand this, then you know that at the end of this process, a better you is waiting. Right. So you have to you have to be disciplined enough to go through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And what you are talking about is looking at life as a marathon, looking at the longevity in things and not being so caught up on instant gratification. Right. You know, but yeah, some powerful stuff, y'all. oh yes let's get into this now social media and emotional intelligence i feel like this generation coming up is going to suffer a lot when it comes to the gen zers yes when it comes to emotional intelligence because they are okay when i went i'm gonna give this example when i went to a new school right Connecticut when I went to Yukon that was my I went there um not knowing anybody and what I noticed was a lot of my peers they weren't as open to speaking to people they were more so on their phones to interact with people instead of interacting with the people around them desensitized by technology exactly so I felt like an outsider even more because I was so I made it a habit now to follow everybody around me and just, you know, stay in contact with my friends back home instead of trying to make new friends. And it was like this kind of paradigm where I felt like 
I made myself anxious in a way. And I'm not an anxious person, but I made myself anxious through the phone because I wasn't, I, I didn't put it down, you know? And I was just trying to cater to my friendships back home. And I feel like this next generation is going to be less emotionally intelligent because they have this kind of fake sort of, um, this fake sort of emotion, like the likes, it's not real likes. It's like artificial emotions. I would even go a little bit farther and say that it's not just social media. I would say the advancement of technology as a whole yeah. has, um, I think, has created a level of superficiality in modern time. The two things that I, I believe it's done, it's kind of hampered our ability to converse properly, right, with other human beings. Like human to human interaction nowadays, 2022 is like almost laughable. You know what I'm saying? Because we're so desensitized with uh, the text messaging and the DMs and the emojis that we're not forced to have personality and depth in real life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. truth be told, a lot of, I'm going to say specifically Gen Zers, a lot of Gen Zers can't come on this podcast and have a conversation. Oh, yeah, and no. you can't put this up because y'all going to be talking bullshit because y'all not yeah. saying nothing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time. And that's honestly what, that's what I feel what tech, not, tech has done or in an overall sense, even further than just social media. And the second thing I believe it's done has is laziness. You know what I'm saying? Like we're everybody's lazy. We're so lazy. I'll give an example. When our parents were our age, when our grandparents were our age, if we had a question that we needed an answer to, we'd have to go to the library. We have to get off our asses, go to the library, take out a book, skim the whole book just to find the answer to the one question we had. Now, what, do you, what, what can we do? Now we don't even trust our own, like, instincts. We have to Google everything. We can do a quick Google search. We can ask Siri. We can ask Alexa. It's completely taking the manual labor out of going to fish for knowledge and fish mm -hmm. for information. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. tech has done all of the work for us. Mm -hmm. That's also why I feel like obesity is more prevalent now than ever. Because our, our tech gets the job done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, but huh, this is deep. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times, like even my, a lot of the times in college, I felt like we procrastinated a lot because we would want to do something and it'll be a room full of us saying we're going to do something 10,000 times. But we would just end up scrolling. So many distractions on that phone. Scrolling. Right. And then looking at the party through Snapchat before actually going. We'll be like, oh, is the party lit yet? Is the party lit right. yet? Mm. And there for hours before mm. we actually make a move. And it's even not going like to make a move. It's not night. jumping enough. Yes. Word. And even the conversations will be so draining. It's like, I don't care to talk about it, but it feels like robotic. Like, oh, you heard about ASAP and you heard about Rihanna and... Yeah. <laughs> it's like... One of my biggest turn I don't care about it. Right, you know? right, right. You know, one of my biggest turnoffs is definitely small talk. Like, I I don't like small talk at all. Right. We could probably small talk for like 30 seconds. And then you're going to have to say something of meaning before I start. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I really will do that. I remember one time I was at work. I think it was like 2018. 
Mm-hmm. And one of my employees, he was just talking my ear off with bullshit. I literally fell asleep right in front of him. Wow. I was on my, I was on my break. That's and, bad. And no disrespect, because I didn't even mean to do that purposefully, but he was talking to me, and I'm sitting down on my lunch break, and I'm just like... And then I realized I wake up, he's not even there no more. I was like, I think I just fell asleep on this nigga. <laughs> it be like that. Word. Yeah. I had said that before, and I got a lot of... <laughs> Bad messages about that. I had said that before that I hate small talk. Because it's like, get to the point. Right, right, right. You know? Like, what are we here? Like, where is this going? You know, what's your intention? Like, right. why are we doing this? Or like, yeah, say something that's going to bring us further along. Yeah, if right? it's very robotic, like, oh, the weather outside is pretty cold. Boy, out. if somebody asked me that question, I'll be like, all right, bro. Yeah, like, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm gonna shut it down real quick. Word. But see, I don't really kinda I don't invest too much energy into things like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll if I feel like I'm I'm trapped in a conversation of small talk, instantly I'll come up with a way to get myself I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I come back, I'm avoiding the shit out you. I'm like, Yo. Right, right. <laughs> don't talk to me, motherfucker. <laughs> don't talk to me. That's why I hate like needy people that always need to be on FaceTime. Ew. Like, I went through that a lot in high school. Like, That's also know, one of my biggest turnoffs is clinginess. Yeah, like, why do you always want to speak to me and know what I'm doing? Like, it's weird. But isn't that, like, indicative of, like, how little things they have to do in their own life? Mm. Like, mother, you could talk to me all day. I know you're a bum. Mm. You're not doing nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I can't talk. I don't even see. I don't even talk to my own mother every day. Right. So how can I speak to you every day? And the whole day, like you want to have an ongoing text and confirmation conversation the whole day. Right. I can't. And I do feel that. like it's an invasion of privacy too. Right. Like every second you you, I feel like you're knocking on my front door. Trying right, to right, see right. What I'm doing, like. You ever I, had you ever had somebody hit you with the what you doing like five times in like yes, forty five minutes? Yes, I'm speaking from experience. Right, I right. I had somebody who didn't want me to. They wanted me to fall asleep on Facetime. That's so toxic. Wait, at what age was this? Like, Cause we was doing shit like this at like 15, 16 Like 19, 20 See that's too goddamn old You in college at that point yeah. What you doing falling, the face, uh, falling asleep on FaceTime for? Yeah. Don't you got an exam the next day my nigga? Like, yeah I was like 19 Right That's yeah that's so toxic to me Like why do you always want to know what I'm doing? You want to I also like giving people space Because Well one because I need my own space mm-hmm. And two because I feel like there needs to be time for us to live life a little bit in between each interaction. Mm-hmm. That way, when we come back together, we can actually have something meaningful to speak about. Mm-hmm. Because if we speaking all day, every day, then it's just straight, what you doing, what you doing, what you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, motherfucker, I'm still watching this movie. Like, you just asked right. me right. 12 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing new. Yeah. Like, you need to, what you doing? You need to get up off your ass and go do right. something. Because exactly. I've, been, I've been working all day. I'm at home now. I'm tired. I kind of don't even want to talk to you. I really just want to wind down in this bed right now. But you keep calling my phone, talking about what you're doing. But then, see, here's the thing with that, right? Then they start getting mad, and then they're going to cut you off because you're not, you not sweating them like how you're supposed to be sweating them. Mm. But I just... Exactly. I'd be like, and all right. You're fake. And then you're right, like, you're fake, right? Yeah, that's just so childish. I don't be tripping off that, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I have less people in my life like that, but I still feel like it's... It's tough. Do you feel like Don't you feel like In ninth grade You had like 40 friends And now you got like Oh yeah Now you got Definitely. like Three Definitely Definitely <laughs> Yeah That's really the part of That's really just like The biggest thing of maturity yeah. 
like one of the main things that'll happen first when you start to grow. Mm-hmm. You can start to lose all your friends because you're gonna realize that the people you're interacting with don't align with not only where you are currently, but where you aspire to go. And you gotta remember, people change, people evolve. Like people don't have the same interests that they did when they were 16. Right. And nothing's wrong with that. No, nothing's wrong with that. I mean, we're all growing, right? Okay. And we all have our own path to go down. And if I'm rocking with you for right now at this moment, that's because we've come together to help each other grow in some way. Mm-hmm. Now, it might not always be pretty, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes we have to grow through very disgusting situations, right? right? Very, very hurtful, painful situations. Right. But, you know, I needed to encounter you for me be able to kind of learn the lesson I was supposed to dealing with you, mm-hmm. you know, and now I can take the wisdom and the fruits that I got from this situation, we can part ways now. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were conjoint at this period of time in our lives and now we can move on towards something else and I could take the knowledge that I acquired here, apply it towards the future. Yeah. And it's all about perspective too because some people do say like, oh, this person changed or this person is fake because you guys don't interact as much as you guys used to. Right. But it's all about perspective. You have to think, okay, maybe this person is on is in a place where the, in their life where they have to zero in on their self and mm-hmm. focus more on their self. Mm-hmm. You know I can personally attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, even with your past relationships, not even like with the whole idea of an ex, you have to think about that person was probably there to show you more about yourself. Right. Like a, a karmic always, situation. Yeah, it's not always like, oh fuck that nigga like right, I can't right. trust him. It's not always a bad thing to have somebody like an ex, you know? Right. Don't let anybody ever put you down for changing. Because if you're changing for the better, then... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's really just a reflection of the type of person they are. We're supposed to change. We're supposed like, to change. We're, suppo- we're, we're supposed to prove all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's scary if you're, you're on the same timing as you was right. in middle school. That's right. weird. Right. Like, grow up. Right. You know? It's okay. And also, that kind of bringing it back to emotional intelligence or having emotional maturity, sometimes you need to be able to say, it's all right. Like we was friends for 10 years. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I still got love for you, but we just not going to kick it like how we used to kick it. Yeah. And that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going down this road and whatever road you going down left or right. I just know that it don't got nothing to do with me anymore. Do you actually have that conversation or do you kind of just like ghost the person? Uh, I would ghost the person personally. If it's if it's like organically coming to that point where it's clear we're parting ways, mm-hmm. I don't really think there's a need to have a formal sit down about something like that. It's just yeah, y'all just, yeah. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Y'all just okay. growing apart. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... I'm going to finish it off with this. Do you feel like technology is making people less enthusiastic to connect with each other in person? Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Less enthused to interact with other human beings. Well, yeah. Um, And my reasoning for saying that is because I mean, you're so accustomed to interacting with people through a device that it's just like, what's the point of me talking to you in person when I've been doing it this way for so long? So why would I do something different? 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like from that perspective. Yeah. And it becomes easier too to actually think and conjure up what you're about to say right. back to this person and how you're going to edit this to say it a certain way. And some people, most people, I'm a sp- specifically for Gen Zers, um, I don't think we have the conversing ability. We're not conversationalists to be able to have an instant response to somebody in the moment, mm-hmm. w- you know, within that moment of having That's a conversation. That's right? Like, it's kind of... I know you've been on, like, dates with dry motherfuckers. Yes. They literally sound like a social media feed and it's right. scary. You ever had somebody tell you a joke and it's like, motherfucker, I heard, I seen that meme. Yeah, you sound like a TikTok. Like that's right not now. your joke. Yeah, <laughs> word. It's, it's scary. <laughs> it's like, like be yourself. That's the thing. People, people can't be themselves because they're just following the externalities that you know are, are being pushed onto you. You know what I'm saying? Like the jokes, the memes. Um, mm-hmm. Let's even go as far as to say religion and politics and and societal norms. Mm-hmm. All of these things are being adopted. You know what I'm saying? We're internalizing these things, these these externalities to be true of us, mm-hmm. right? That's why we can't think for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? We grow up like this from the point that we can be conscious of what we're seeing and what we're thinking and feeling at age five. The brainwashing starts from there, right? We are not our true selves from that point, right? And we grow up continuing to become less and less of what we truly are in essence, which is divine, all of us. You know what I'm saying? But this shit Big is facts. way deeper, way deeper than just like conversations, Big social facts. media. Mm-hmm. Everything has a seed, and most of the time, these seeds were planted thousands of years ago. And oh, he's getting deep. Come on. Oh, stop! Let me let me stop if before we go, the feds start coming. Because if we talk about emotional he's intelligence right now, because you have to think about it. Why is it that social media can be used? in a way more powerful way than it is being used now. Right. So why have we collectively agreed to settle for this mediocrity? Because you didn't really know who you were from day one. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like a lost sense of self. The suppression starts, like I said, as soon as you are able enough to perceive your world around you, which is roughly around age five, right? Mm -hmm. Your parents tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Your religious book tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. Politics kind of tells you what side to choose and how to feel about certain in- individuals on the opposing side. Right. Right. Societal norms are pushed onto us through jokes that we tell and mm-hmm. certain things that we see on the TV and, and in the movies. Mm-hmm. And that's from like age five. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't even know who you really are until you're like 20, 21 who you really are, right? Like you don't have that that strong sense of and your that's identity. You work right, right, right. Work. Right. And it can it could go even way later than that, right? Like some people don't even find themselves until like 30, 35. Mm-hmm. And then some people don't find themselves ever. Right? But it's really it really starts from that young. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't know who you are from that young because you have so much things from outside of yourself telling you how to think and feel. Mm-hmm. So when it comes when you get to an age where now you need to be your own person. It's impossible for you to be your own person. You ain't been your own person since you were born. Mm. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. And it's really like that. It's really like that. That's why you need to set, put forth an effort to free yourself. I tell people all the time, you got to be free. Be free. And it's way deeper than just 
some superficial, shallow reasons that... Do you think everybody's capable of even being free? Yes. What do you mean by be free? When you have a free mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a limitless mind, like you were saying before. When you have a free mind, when your intuition is clear, when your brain is not plagued with things of wicked nature and painful experiences and trauma, mm-hmm. the messages that you need to get for you to be able to understand who you are can get through clearly. Mm-hmm. But if your intuition is not clear, the message won't be clear, mm-hmm. right? The reason for your existence will be unknown to you because your intuition is fucked. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And just how like your imagination can conjure up all these worst, like all this like bad, what if this happens, what if this happens? You know, you can can manifest your own demise in case you didn't know. Exactly. It could conjure up great, like like abundance, like prosperity, longevity. It can do the same thing on both sides of the spectrum. Right. But if you're if if your mind is not of that place, that's why the healing process is so important, right? Cuz you have to be able to clean yourself of these things that keep you at a low vibration, right? To keep you li- uh vibrating low. But if you can heal and you can free yourself, you're kind of like unlocking a whole new realm within this realm mm-hmm. of possibilities that are endless for you, mm-hmm. right? Because you think limitless. Now the possibilities of everything outside of you for good things to happen are limitless at that point. But if you're wicked here, if you're nasty here, if you are pessimistic here, right, you, you can only go but so far, mm-hmm. right? Not only that, you will attract your own demise from thinking these things, right? Why does this shit keep happening? Well, you keep th- th- that thing keeps happening to you because you keep thinking about it mm-hmm. and you keep expecting it to happen so it does happen. Mm-hmm. Think about that. And I, and I know from experience, because I used to do the same thing. This situation keep happening. Why do I keep having to deal with this? Why do these type of people keep coming into my life? Because mm-hmm. I'm expecting them to come into my life. Becomes, I'm expecting myself to be victim of these certain things that I hate so much. Yeah. I'm putting energy into it. If I'm putting energy into it, I'm putting life into it. I'm giving these things life. Mm-hmm. If I'm putting life into it, then it lives. And then it keeps transpiring. I have to keep dealing with it. But once you end it here... It can't live anymore. So what you're like describing is like habitual thinking because our thoughts are always on for most of us. Most of us can't turn it off. Like our thoughts are always going. So a lot of us, we are habitually like we're in this cycle of just negative thinking. And some of us can't step out of it because it's comfortable. It's familiar. Well, everybody can step out of it. It's just not everybody's willing to. Exactly. Not everybody's willing to. Like I said before, you have to be able to drown yourself in pain. Be willing to go to that measure, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of that, a better you is waiting. Mm -hmm. But the mental fortitude has to be there. The discipline has to be there. Mm -hmm. And really, you just have to want... You have to want greatness Mm -hmm. more for yourself more than anybody else can want greatness for you. Mm -hmm. Like... Like, forget what everybody's saying. Believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself, mm-hmm. right? You have to want to be the best person you possibly can be. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's a shelf life. And you can only go but so far. You know, you only go but so far working within a system. You can only go but so far uh, thinking within a, spe- a specific compartment, right. right? That is very limiting. But once you break that box, 
and you say, you know what? I'm going to do this. And at some point in time, I'm going to do this. At some point in time, I'm going to be this. Mm -hmm. And one day I aspire to feel this, Mm -hmm. which is that of love, of pureness, of righteousness, right? Of empathy, right? You have to want to go to that place. You have to be willing to want to go to that place. But success is not, you can't be successful. uh, Well, things that are true worth, right? Things that can last a long time. You'll never be able to get it within this quick fix, uh, uh, right here, yeah. right now frame of thinking that you have to go and do what they call the shadow work. You have to fight demons. You have to go back into your childhood and then realize, oh, I act this way and I move off of this because I went through right. trauma because of this experience, because of this traumatic experience. Right. And then when you realize that you've went through that traumatic experience and that realization makes you able, you're able to. Um, basically trace back your thoughts. Right, right. In a way, like, okay, I'm doing this right now because when I was three, my mom used to beat right, me and now right, I'm moving off of right. some type of, you know, instinct right. to protect myself. And that when th- that within itself is consciousness. Exactly. Right? That within itself is consciousness. Exactly. Yeah, but what I've noticed too when I was when I went through that shadow work, which is not pretty, and it it's takes not a while because sometimes you think, "Oh, I'm done," but you're not. I noticed that like sometimes, even when I was going through the dark times, it was always that peace. Like there was always like peace within me still, even though I was going through dark times. Right. I mean, because your your essence in itself is peace. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, your your soul is love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can't ever be too far away from what you naturally are in essence, which is pureness. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Which is light. Which is love. Mm. Yeah. Word. That would, yo, oh my God, that was a great episode. Word. What, what, what's the time saying? Uh, we 49 minutes right now. Say fucking word, we've been here for that long. You want to make it an hour? Shit, what, I, I mean, whatever, whatever notes you got in there, you keep I touching think you on that. Get an hour. <laughs> so, do you consider yourself an empath? Yeah. Do you yeah. think? That's well, what's a, your definition of an empath? I think an empath is a person that has the ability to feel emotions, and it's not even just the emotions of people around you. It's like the emotional state of the world, even. Right. Because during the pandemic, I felt very you know, unmotivated and stuff and very like scared and, you know, just in a state of anxiety. But I feel like I was kind of taking in on the world's emotion. Right. So I think an empath is just a, a person that has the ability to feel emotion, just emotionally intelligent. Too. What What was your experience like dealing with 2020? Um, I started the podcast, so it wasn't that Say bad. word. Yeah, I felt very anxious. Because I was in a, I was well, in a place. Towards what? I was in a place where I had my whole future ahead of me. Man. I had just started UConn. I was gonna get my apartment over there. I was gonna walk on and try. I was planning to try out again. Like I was not taking that L. Right, right, I was right. Try out right. again. You gonna do that second yeah, time? Yeah, I had finally found a nice apartment. You know, I was planning to make like a mark. Right. In that place. And the and and the pandemic kind of stopped all of that. Exactly. So it kind of made <laughs> me like, I'm a very active person. Like when I open my eyes, the first thing I want to do is like work out, and then I want to do this, and I want right. to do that, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. Like my days 
like I'm doing so much throughout my day because right. that's like how my mind is. I don't like right. being inside the house. So you can't just be idle. You can't yes. just be unproductive. So when it kind of forced me to be inside the house, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm really alone and I can't see right. nobody, like nobody. So it made me feel very anxious because I was like, now I got to sit with my thoughts. Like I don't like my like I don't like my thoughts. Right. right now. My thoughts aren't good. Were you always like actively conscious prior to 2020, or is like that kind of was the first step for you? It's like, motherfucker, I can't go outside. Um, mm, maybe I should go down this path. See what it's talking about. Yeah, I'll say I was actively conscious, okay. but I didn't even call it conscious. You know, I right. was just living my life until <laughs> like 2020. I realized like, all right, I have to go on this like journey right. myself, and then. That's what I'm okay, so that that journey started in the midst of the lockdown for you. It started a little before that. Okay, but, but that just like that helped me like right supercharged like, it. Even right, starting a podcast during that it was mm-hmm. my outlet. It was my therapy. You know, uh, my 2020 was mm-mm. was bad. Um, mine was tough too. A lot of people. Everybody's yeah, was tough. Exactly. I want to say. It was, it was bad for me, but it was probably the best year of my life. Mm. Right. I would say that for sure. Because that was during that time I had awakened to my soul's purpose during that time. Mm. In an environment that I couldn't, or that's a lie, in an environment that forced me to live within my head a little bit more i didn't have outside distractions because we there was no reason to go outside right, right. you know what i'm saying so i can kind of attest to what you were saying because for that that process for me supercharged mm. and things just started go like it was not a good year like we had covid mm-hmm. we had police brutality with ahmaud arbery and oh, george floyd God. that was a headache we had riots we had protests um yeah, like Donald just, Trump still right. <laughs> that was a headache. We had all of these things happening just with with within one year, mm-hmm. so you can imagine when my mind ascends to a new tier of consciousness, and these things are going on in the midst of it. In the midst of it, mm-hmm. it literally feels like a mental battle every day. Yeah, every single day. Mm-hmm. Like I felt, I'm a man. I felt like like I had a menstrual cycle. Cause like every day it was a new emotion. Like I'm happy this day. Okay, Monday I, I feel like kind of feeling good today. Yeah. Tuesday I'm sad as fuck, bro. <laughs> I'm hella sad. Wednesday, nigga, I'm angry. Nigga, I just want to punch somebody in their motherfucking face. And like the <laughs> fucking Thursday, I'm disappointed. Friday, I got uh, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling self conscious. I'm insecure. Saturday, I'm back to happy and shit. Like it's re- it was really like that. It was really like that, but. 2020, I would say for sure, was the best year of my life because just so much growth and ascension for me happened during that time. Mm. And um, I really don't regret. I don't regret having to experience that at all, Mm. for sure. Would I want to do that again? Fuck out of here. But like, (laughs) you know, I I, I loved it, but didn't love it. But I really did love it. You know, it was funny. Like, I feel like it was a test that we all needed. What? Because... I live in like a Brooklyn home, which is very small with four people in it. So we are in each other's face all day. Mm. So it started to feel like, and nobody was working. It started to feel like, you know, the movie Doomsday or like, it's a lot of movies like that. Or like, 
Groundhog's Day or Ferris Bueller Day Off. A lot of movies are like like the movies where the day is repetitive. You ever seen any movie like that? Yeah, that's what it started to feel like. Like I Am Legend is kind of like that. Oh yeah, I yeah. Am Legend. I Am. He's Legend basically doing legend. the same thing every day because yeah. nobody around. Yeah, I started to feel like I was in a movie and every right. day was the same rehearsed like, and I felt like I I didn't get it right. And the answer to me getting it right was making a podcast in a real way. Word? Yeah. That's, that's how you felt, for real? That's really how I felt because I wasn't able, I didn't trust myself to express myself. Mm. I didn't trust, like, I didn't trust my um being in a way. Right. Like, I felt like I was, I don't know. I was too tainted by the outside world. So when I had to focus You just didn't have faith in your true nature. Yes. Right. Like I, I And the didn't comfortability have the wasn't there yet. Yeah, I didn't have the confidence to walk in my essence. That's right. What it was. To just be me. Right. I felt like I had I was too reliant on my friends, right. my family. Or just your day to day activities. Exactly. Yeah. So when that was taken from me, like you said, it was a blessing in disguise. I needed that. That time there was no gray area for anybody. Right. It's either you got way better or you got way yes. worse. Yes. Right. You were not you did not plateau during that year. Right. It was just pure ascension or you had a major downfall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I even know a bunch of people that they put on like 20, 30 pounds in a lockdown. Mm -hmm. Right. That couldn't be me. Like I couldn't go to the gym damn near like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. I'm I'm running my block. Right. Just to get a sweat, just to do something to move my body. I wasn't allowing myself to get out of shape during that time. Exactly. Couldn't. But I know a bunch of people that did put on 20, 30 pounds and I go see him again. I'm like, oh, my nigga. <laughs> um, what happened? Right. Like, pandemic and you, don't, you. you don't even want to say it because you don't want to be disrespectful. But like, yo, I'm not going to lie, bro. Nah, in my household, they're going to say it <laughs> to you. They're going to let, let it be known that you put on weight. Were you West Indian? Yes. Where you from? Jamaica. Oh yeah, they getting on your ass. <laughs> they get they getting on your ass for real. <laughs> uh, I can't get the chain out right now. You got the flag on your neck. Yeah, I got the flag on my neck. Represent. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, for sure. Nah, they they will make it be known if you put it on weight. Like they'll be like, mm mm, you put on weight, yeah. <laughs> and that's gonna make you feel bad about yourself. You're like, let me go hit the treadmill or some shit. Yeah. So how do you feel like you protected your energy in a way during that time? During the lockdown? Yeah. I, man, I don't even think I did, to be honest. Like, successfully, I don't really think I did because, you know, like I said, there was so much nastiness going on in the world mm -hmm. throughout the whole year. And it's oh, it kind of seemed like it was one after the other like it's a new incident now he's another incident now this is going on over here now here's now this is going on over here it's like and then fireworks outside didn't make it any better yeah i was right and i was just i was just honestly too emotional during that time um that i probably didn't protect my energy the best i could but that was at the beginning of the awakening process and a lot of things are you know they're like that you know at the beginning of the awakening process so you awaken, you ascend to a new tier of consciousness. And then once you kind of get used to these things, you can accept it. And then you get back to a more grounded state. But that's going to take time for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Most definitely. But I found out that meditation actually works for me. Um, me too. It wasn't easy to start. Real quick, real quick. What was, what was your... 
biggest obstacle when it comes to trying to get better at meditation? Um, because I not because when I think and I, I get on a bad thought, I asked this I question because I knew what she was thought. gonna say. I knew what she was gonna say. You couldn't be mentally still. Yeah, like I st- like when I was, I had to stop meditating when I first started because I would harp on bad thoughts mm-hmm. and I'll put myself in this this crazy cycle of just mm-hmm. bad thoughts. What if this happened? What if this happened? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna make like you're gonna be a failure. Like you're right. never gonna amount to anything. I was just like, like, yo, what is wrong? <laughs> right. But those are those are the devils talking to you, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's yeah. not... It comes to a point when you reach a certain level of consciousness, those bad thoughts are actually not even your thoughts. You know, you're being talked to by things that want you to stay at such a low frequency. That way you can't tap into, you know, the things that you're truly capable of. Right. Right. So, my yeah, my biggest challenge was trying to not get sucked into my negative thoughts. Right. I think because I recommend people, um, um, I always suggest that people start meditating. And um, it, the, the main thing that I hear all of, the, all of the time is that I just can't be like quiet in my head. Like I always got these things like going on in my head. Like I just can't be still. So the first thing that you would want to do is you want to sit in a place that is comfortable to you. And you want to bring awareness to your breath. You just want to be mindful of your breathing pattern and how you're breathing. And you can start off that way, right? Mm-hmm. Every meditation should have an intention, right? You don't just want to st- sit there and like look zen. You know what I'm saying? Like you actually want to have something that you're trying to achieve every time you meditate. So if you're just starting out getting into meditation, then the first thing that you should probably do is just bring awareness to your breath and trying to stabilize your breathing patterns and bring calmness. And you'll realize that your breathing is a way that if you deal with anxiety, if you have anxious thoughts, you can find that your breathing is a way for you to ground yourself and get back to a more stable state of being through that. So, And I downloaded the app called Calm. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I have heard of Calm, but I ain't never used it before. Though. Yeah, Did I it started help using Yeah, that's what helped me to Word. get into meditating. It talked about... Um, breathing techniques and just like focusing on your breath when you can't you know get out your mind and get out your thoughts do you apply like do you apply those like breathing methodologies to your day to day yeah of course yeah Mm -hmm. I have to when I start the first thing I do is take deep breaths in and out and what I notice with meditation too is you don't have to be crisscross applesauce with your eyes closed I be meditating in the shower With some hot water on, turn off all the lights. Right. You know, focusing on the water hitting my body. Sometimes right. I meditate when I'm um, stretching before my workouts. You know, it doesn't always have to look a certain way. There's a, there, I think there's probably a negative connotation more so in the West, in Western society. Definitely not in Eastern culture, but out here, you know, meditation has like, oh, I have to be like monk-like. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm not, like niggas was thinking about, I'm not doing like, that. Like you're shit. weirdo, you're a hippie. Yeah, like you're white. Yeah, right. Like you're. Like, what is you doing? But like I said, if you have intentions for your meditation, it won't feel like that. Like it won't feel like you're trying to be like real Zen or real monk. Like you exactly. can, like she just said, you can meditate anywhere. You can meditate standing up with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. You know Even what I'm on saying? The train. Yeah. If you. <laughs> if. <laughs> Like, sometimes the trains be like, all right, we got to delay in front of us. Instead of getting tight. Right. And I know I'm late. I just be like. Right. 
Use your breath to calm that ass down. Yeah. Word. Usa. <laughs> For real. That's how I be. Um, I'm if my form of meditation is more like um free writing. Oh, okay. So I do I do a lot of free writing. And um I've actually come to unlock a lot of different things about myself and my human self and my higher self through the process of writing. Mm. Yeah. And kind of just because I'll either write in a journal or on my computer. If I'm writing on my computer, sometimes I'll just, words will start flying, they start flying. And then I'll get to a point where I might have just said something. And then it'll hit me like a ton of bricks because that's how intuition works. And it'll be like, I think I just said something that was true. Mm-hmm. And like, when you, stay con- when you stay consistent with that process, you'll be able to unlock so many different things about yourself that you wouldn't have been aware of before, before these mindful pro- uh, mindful practices before incorporating consciousness and mindfulness in everything that you do. So I meditate through writing myself, but I do take the time out to actually like sit on the couch, good posture with my chest up and mm-hmm, yeah, do some breathing and things will come through that way yeah, as well. Exactly. Word. Yeah. Any last words you want to let the people know before we head off with this? Um. No, nah, I think I'm, I think this was a good conversation. Yeah, it was. This is a dope conversation. I can't believe we've been here for that. Yo, what's the time on it? Shit, I can't. I can't believe we was talking for an hour. I no. feel like it was like thirty minutes. Really? Shoot, we just we just chopping it up. We are. I feel like we could still go, but I'm gonna make it part one, part two then. Whatever. You got more notes? Yeah. We could do that. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend, moms. Right. That is mind over matter, baby. Ooh. And make sure you tap in with Cole. Instagram is Cole.holiday. C-O-L-E dot holiday. Y'all could tap in with me on there for sure. Right. So make sure you tap in. Most deaf. Everything's going to be in the description. For sure. And yeah. Have a good day, y'all. And we out of here. Magic, I do magic. Don't you know what?